Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usedbookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Mike alongside Johnny. Here we are in the year 2024 for the past two weeks on social media. I've seen that every reseller basically said they're going to be a billionaire by the end of 2024. And I'm here to tell you, most of the resellers are probably going to go away or not see the results just like they did in 2023. So me and Johnny are kind of dissect the practices and mindsets of why we think a lot of resellers just aren't going to make it in 2024, even though it's a new year. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I don't know how you are with this, Johnny, but I think a lot of it is you're just blowing smoke up your own your own behind right at the end of the day. So for me, when it comes to if I had to pick one thing why I think most resellers listening to this uh, won't be listening to this podcast at the end of the year or still be a reseller, it's because they don't have consistency in the reselling business overall. I mean, you can look at that any kind of way when it comes to sourcing or processes or actually listing and shipping. But consistency for me is like, it's the kryptonite of resellers. If I had to pick one single thing, I think that's really what destroys everybody's reselling business. So I'm going to throw it over to you. You can take it wherever you want to take it. Oh, goody. Um, since you picked my number one as well, I will go with my number two. And that is the ignorance, unwillingness, or desire to change what's not working and keep on keeping on and hoping for the best. That's, that's, that's bullshit. Don't do that. You need to change if things aren't working. You can have all the consistency in a failing project. Doesn't mean it's going to not fail. You need to change, uh, either change your pricing structure, change the items you're picking up for higher ASP. And just because they're higher ASP, there's still sales score zeros or there's still no sales on Terapeak on eBay's end. Doesn't mean you should pick the item up. Leave it there. Let it die there. Let it go to somebody else who's Mike's talking about who's going to make a billion dollars next year and watch them fail hard. You kind of just blew up my consistency with your explanation. And I'm think I think I'm okay with that. I don't have I don't have any, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and dial on the consistency hill because you are correct, right? And we see it all the time, especially with media. We spend a lot of time, and even if you're consistent with that time you're spending, it is low dollar or zero or negative ROI basically processes within your business. And if you have a lot of these or even one of these you're sinking a lot of time into you're going to lose really, really fast. And what happens here is when, uh, even if you're consistent with time, over time, if you don't, if you don't get results, you're not going to stay consistent, right? Like, I mean, if you do, like, I, I try to think about this because there are people out there, right? They list 50 items a day. We'll just use 50 items a day as an arbitrary number. And they sell, you know, five items a week. But, like, they still list 50 items every single day. And it's, it's like an endless cycle that they continue to do. So you are, you are correct there because that consistency is just a waste of time because you're not doing anything right. 
And I think with resellers, I don't think there is any excuse when it comes to knowledge. I think about all the bolos for the most part are out there in one way, shape or form when it comes to YouTube or you just doing your own research on eBay and seeing what's sold, right? Because Amazon has a software, eBay is a different model and eBay takes a lot more work in comparison to Amazon. I think every reseller will accept that as a fact. So I think the only excuse you really have is not being consistent with the quality of items you're finding. Would that kind of be how I spin consistency is like being consistent with a sell through and ASP average sales price for the stuff you're willing to buy to sell. I think the most important other than the money, the net money going in your bank account, the most important number in reselling is sell through rate. Uh, get it out. I don't care if you're dealing in $5 items, as long as they're moving every day, that's great. You can make that model work. Uh, an easier life, I think, is higher ASP mo model that, yeah, it may sit for a little longer, or it has the same sell-through rate as your $5 items. That model also works. Now, if you're dealing in strictly long-tail, high ASP items, that model works, but you're going to wait a while before you see big results. It does work. It's probably the hardest model to do, but at the end, I do think it is the most profitable model to do, but damn, you got to wait a while to get the fruits of your labor on that back. Um, so those three models, and I know tech and sports has mentioned those particular models before, um, high volume, low sell-through rate, that that's a hard life to live, could work, but high volume, uh, high sell-through rate, that, that works too, or high volume, medium sell-through rate, just depends how you want to get your money back. So it's kind of like stocks. I mean, you got, there's all kinds of different stocks, right? You got your dividend type stocks you got your uh reits and all i'm i'm gonna get a little less technical here and migrate away from the stocks but it works similarly but all models work at the end of the day how much work you want to put in and for how much money and for when the to what extent or when you're going to get your money back that's what you really got to decide on i got a question i'm going to throw at you okay um, I, I guess it's really not a true or false. I guess it's a yes or I don't know. So a lot of fast food places now, starting wage is $20 an hour. Um, I wish that was like in my high school years. But go I ahead. Know. Uh, it's funny. Me and Deb talk about, we're going off the rails real quick here. Me and Deb, when we used to work at CVS, actually where I met Deb, um, we were both making like uh like six and a quarter. And I remember Deb uh, Yeah, seven twenty-five here in high school years, definitely. And Deb talks about when uh she got certified for Kodak because she was a photo lab technician and she's like the twenty-five cent raise was like the biggest deal to her and she had to like fight tooth and nail to get it. But anyways, like yeah, twenty dollars an hour. Most of us can go out. My post office is starting at twenty-two and like fifty per hour. Yeah. Um so the argument here and the question I have for you is do most resellers make less money than if they would walk out their front door today and go get a job at X, Y, and Z place, regardless of what that is? Regardless of what that is? I think initially, yeah. Um, I think there's a ceiling on just the regular job versus in reselling, and that's the allure and why most people get into it. There is no ceiling, technically. Now, as far as how much money you make on an annual basis, again, it kind of goes back to the two things we mentioned right off the gate, consistency and willing to change. Now, a lot of resellers either do none, one, or both of these. Now, the ones that do both 
I think are the ones making a lots of money. The ones that do one, uh, not two, they make what they would make out in the wild at a regular job. The ones that do none go out of business and we never hear from them again. It's tough for me to kind of decipher this as somebody that, you know, worked in retail all those years. I've seen kids come and go. I always encourage any of the high school kids I hired, like, hey, this is a stepping stone, like move on to something else. Yeah. And like I try to like put that in the mind of reselling, right? Like how long would you give yourself? This is a good question for me and you now I think of it. If we were making, uh, let's say a thousand dollars or less per month in reselling, which neither of us can live off of, um, mm -hmm. how many months would we deal with that before we decided to go back out and get a real job? In that scenario, you'd probably be using credit cards to subsidize your expense costs. Um, and then when you're maxed out, you're maxed out. And then right before you file bankruptcy, that's when you'd have to pull the plug. And that's if you could stomach going that long because you're racking up debt. You owe this money back, right? Now, if you can beat it, okay. Um, so I would say you'd be – if you're making a 1000 you probably need at least – Let's just say you were a solo operator and you're doing this full time and you were on the ramen diet. You're not eating, you're not even going out for burgers. You're literally eating ramen every night. You could probably do that sustainably six to nine months. I was thinking about that. Like, I think I would go less than that because if I was in that situation and I wasn't getting results, I'm blowing everything up, right? I'm going to change this. I'm going to change that. Um, I do think it is important that if you aren't making money, it's perfectly fine not to resell and move out of it. I think what happens here is a lot of people get stuck in this rut of reselling and kind of do what you said, and they just run up the debt, hoping that something's going to change when, you know, at the end of the day, you're just spending more money on broken processes and yeah. buying product that isn't selling. Um, so I think three months would kind of be my my limit. I know a lot of people. It should of, be your limit. You shouldn't let it go the six to nine months, like the right before bankruptcy level. I just like, I don't know, for 2024, like I was thinking about like, what should my motto be? Right. And I, I've come to the conclusion it's you're either in or you're out. Like the wishy washy stuff, I can't be bothered by. One week, Johnny decides he wants to be the, res the reseller. And the next week, he thinks he's going to be on America's, you know, next top model. Uh, American Idol, like, I think you have to be in or out on this business because it's a business. We talk about it all the time, treating it like a business. And I think what happens here is a lot of these resellers kind of just fall off the wagon and uh, they don't do things the right way. They expect to get results. And I'm curious what your take is, because I think a huge influencing factor in why a lot of people will stop reselling in 2024 is the doom and gloom that's on YouTube. I, I'm not even kidding, Johnny, as much as I joke about it. Every one of these doom and gloom videos I see. I don't even the, watch those. I, I watch nothing that you're talking about. I, I know it's out there. Listen, yeah. I, I call it market research, all right, as a <laughs> as a YouTuber. Uh, all the comments are, this is why I'm, I'm not reselling. This is why I'm stopping or this. I think that plays a huge factor because I say it all the time. If every time I talk to you, you were like, hey, this sucks. I'm not doing this. Like, if I talk to you all the time, like, I would start to believe that because, hey, Johnny's my friend and he says this sucks. And I think a lot of that is what we see on YouTube. Thankfully, you know, like, 
Tech's got his channel now, and there's some up and coming, yeah. you know, uh, eBay YouTubers that are really well and positive about it. But I do think overall, I think that plays into a lot of people's minds more than they let them believe. Now, I hope people from Tech's group are listening to this. If you guys, and this goes to anybody who pays for any group, it pays, well, I'm not going to say any group. To credible groups, you pay for advice. You ask this person for advice, and you only do 50% of the advice. You have some success, but not as much as you thought. Why is that? Because you didn't do 100% of the advice. I see it in Mike's group. I see it in Tech's group. And I see it in uh, Max's group, actually. They don't listen to the advice that's given to them and swallow it whole. They want to combat or argue or debate about it, but you're asking the expert. You, you pay to have an expert give you advice and you don't listen to it. So you're not successful or as successful as you thought you were going to be because you don't do it. Once you can wash it away and start thinking, stop thinking that you're smarter than the other person or want to explore all the angles and stop overthinking these things and just take the advice and execute the advice, you'll be tremendously more successful. And this goes to all groups, not just Mike's group, not just Tech's group, not just Max's group. And, and again, I'm talking about credible groups, not the uncredible ones that are you're throwing your money away. But just listen to these people, please. They're telling you what to do and you're ignoring them or fighting them on it or taking part of it and ignoring the rest. Please just listen to them, please. I, I think... See, dude, the, the problem with that is, uh, and listen, if you came on and, you know, uh, say if you're somebody brand new to reselling and you see somebody like Tech or myself, or Max, and you're just like, hey, you know, what should I do? And, like, we give you this long list of things to do. Like, you're really not going to do it because at the end of the day, like, you never really met the person or you, you don't really have, like, a one-on-one -on -one relationship, right? It's just somebody on the Internet, basically. So a lot of people are hesitant to kind of... Because listen, for me, it's easy. I tell everybody, just scan all the stuff. And then when, what you find, you send in that week or the, every two weeks is the limit I give people with Amazon. Um, it's that easy. But like you said, people don't want to do it. And uh, yeah, there's reasons, certain reasons for certain people. I'm not talking about the people that can't yeah, get down there, and scan the bottom shelves sure, yeah. and things like that. But when I'm out, I do everything that I tell other people to do. Text the same way. Max is the same way. We don't tell people to do things that we don't do within our business that got us the results to to kind of be where we're at today with uh, the money we make from our reselling business. So it is tough, man. It, it 2024, it's not going to be any easier. And I think a lot of people are like, that's another thing I want kind of wanted to cover, like 2023, the worst reselling year ever. So like everybody has in their mind, like 2024 can only be better. So like, Let's debunk the fact that just because the the year on the calendar changed that all of a sudden things are guaranteed to be better because I don't believe that at all. I think regardless of what happened this past year, I can attest to it. I made more money in 2023 as much as everybody thinks the sky's falling and people don't have money to spend and nobody buys CDs or DVDs. I made more money, so I, I don't believe in that. But I do think there is this belief, I don't know what it is, that 2023 was terrible and 2024 can only be better, and I'm going to make so much more money just because the year on the calendar changed. Yes, I agree. 
But thinking about it, uh, what we're talking about, failure and success, I, I equate a lot of resellers to restaurants. How many of them stay in business? How many of them go out of business? How many are in business for a few years and then go out of business? It's exactly like that. Why? Why are we like the restaurant industry? And the ones that make it, we can learn a lot from the ones that made it. And sure, there's variables. Well, COVID happened. Tornado happened. Ice storm happened. Flood happened. Hurricane happened. Okay. Some of those people survived all of that. How? That's what you need to ask yourself. Why are they making it? Why am I struggling? Why am I operating in the red? Why am I not successful? What are they doing that I'm not doing, that I should be doing? You need to ask yourself these questions. And if you're unwilling or you're ignoring, I'm sorry, you're going to go out of business. Actually, I'm not sorry. I'm glad you went out of business. You don't deserve to be in reselling. That's a... Uh... I mean, that analogy as a reseller to like a restaurant owner, I think that's like, that's like so spot on that so many people start something they never have experience in, right? Because I'm a fan of like the restaurant uh, TV shows where like they go in and they save the restaurant and they flip it and everything. Yeah. Um, And so many people like reselling, they don't have experience in reselling. They see the video, they want to start it. But um, I think... All right, I got a hot take coming in here. I think new resellers in 2024 will see more success than people that are like kind of wishy-washy that have been in reselling over the past, you know, three to five years. Because I think you kind of hit it on the head in the beginning of this with you're not willing to change anything and you still think, you know, uh, the the Baby Yoda Christmas mug is worth $50 that it was back when baby Yoda first was a thing when in reality today, this mug's a dollar at any thrift store. So I do think like new people will see more success than people that maybe didn't see the results they wanted to see last year. As crazy as that sounds to me, I just think when somebody's new, when they first start, they have a little bit more pep in their step. And I think the people that are going to suffer the most are the ones that kind of just fall into the okay, today I resell, tomorrow I don't, maybe tomorrow I will, I don't know, we'll see how it goes, I'm in every group under the sun, I listen to every YouTube video, but I really don't do anything, I just think it's cool to hear people talk about how they make money, and how they, how I can make money, but I really don't put any of that into action. Right, and I'll admit, when I, when a new person comes along in one of these groups, and has some information that they're wanting to share, I kind of squint at it, like, who are you? You're new. What makes you think you know what you're doing? But I really have to remove that mindset and listen to the words and information they're giving and formulate my own decision based off what they're saying or ask them some questions to clarify some fuzziness on it where I've tried that before. It didn't work, but you're seeing results with it. Why? Again, why? Why are you seeing results with it? How are you getting success with it? Because I, I, when I did it, it didn't work. I want to know why and how it works for you. I think when you've been reselling for a while, I would rather have like a hundred brand new resellers throw like their business models and their successes at me or like questions even than like people that have been doing it for like between three and five years. Because I feel like the new people are like, maybe they're trying something outside the box. They're crazy with it. They're trying all kinds of things. Yeah. And like, there's something to be said about not just copy and paste and what everybody else is doing, right? Anybody... Now, I was out. like that, like like when I 
nobody was doing paper. Yeah. I just, like nobody does this. Why? And then I tried it and I figured out these kind of things work and those kind of things don't. But nobody, there was no information out there about it or very little, hardly any. I mean, especially especially with Amazon. I mean, there's really, you know, we're all copy and pasting, right? We're all on the same listings, yeah. racing to the bottom. But like, if we think outside of Amazon and even outside of eBay, right? There's so many untapped market niches out there where you can make a whole bunch of money. So I'm open to new people trying different things. I actually kind of welcome it versus, you know, maybe the conversation I had 50 times of uh, why I have X amount of inventory and it's not selling um, because those conversations are the same, right? Uh, it's funny when we had tech on, he was talking about, he gives the same answer every single week to the same exact questions. And I feel like that's kind of all there is to it because there's no magic wand. There's no big difference in the business. If you're going to do exactly what somebody else is doing, here's the proven way to do it because this person already did it, right? If somebody comes to me and says, hey, how do I make 100K a year selling uh, media on Amazon? I have the exact processes. It doesn't change person to person. It doesn't change situation to situation. Here's what you need to do step by step. There's nothing new and different to it. So like if you, yeah. what most people do, most resellers, they go down a path somebody else has already walked. There's really not many paths that people haven't walked when it comes to reselling. Like yourself, you did the, you know, the science fiction trade paperbacks. I mean, you're, you're flying blind there, basically, which is a good thing because nobody else things is out doing of myself. It. No one to tell me anything. Yeah. So it's like if you're going to walk in the steps of somebody that's already successful, proven success, and they say, hey, Johnny, you want to make this money? Here's exactly the steps you need to take. Right, sure. and it's generic. Now, he couldn't tell me how to do paperbacks, but how to do eBay in general? Spot on. Just follow that formula. Um, and then there's the options within that formula, like the ones I mentioned. You want them to sell fast? You want them to sell kind of fast and okay money? Or you want them to sit for a whole long while, and then you clear more money in the long run, but that's a very long game to play. If we're all going to be the same type of reseller, and there's a proven track record of XYZ works, right? I mean, the the records are the records, right? You can see what we all sell on mm -hmm. the different platforms we sell on. Um, if you decide, I'm not saying it's not okay to stray from that, uh, basically, you know, process in place. But if you decide to stray from different processes, or like Johnny said, uh, 50%, 75%, even, you know, 90%, you're losing 10% of that productivity productivity is going to catch up to you at some point and the thing with it, it just goes back to consistency it's hard work being a reseller dude it's it gets downplayed so much um we talk about it you know basically every every episode it's like you have to actually do work the money isn't just magic you don't just walk into one thrift store and you have a business relying on one thrift store if you look at people that rely solely on thrifting unless they have huge thrift stores in their area, you're talking 100 thrift stores on their routes. All, at least for me, I'm close to 100 thrift stores in total, no matter which way I'm going. But that's really not conveyed out there, right? Like there's no conveyance of, hey, you can go to thrift stores and make a living if you have 100 thrift stores you're willing to go to. So I'm going to get pretty doom and gloom here on our New Year's episode here. So if you've ever been to a graveyard and looked at a tombstone, there's a dash for when you're born 
and the dash, and then when you die. Now, I've heard this analogy, but what are you going to do with that dash? Now, I'm going to respin it here. How much money are you going to make with that dash? Your hopes and dreams are within that dash, and honestly, it costs money to do those things, whatever those things are. And you have a limited amount of time. And that's why when I hear the $100,000 number, are you accounting for your golden years in that amount and within that dash? Maybe you really need to be making $200,000 a year to account for your golden years. You need to reassess that. Or, or maybe if it's not just in reselling, maybe use it reselling money to do investments or open up different businesses or invest in it. Um you got to really think about this because I hear that 100K number thrown around everywhere. In my opinion, if you're doing this full-time, it's a little bit different. If you have a full-time job and you're making 100000 sure, that also works. But I'm speaking to the people doing this full-time. I don't think 100K a year is going to do it. You need to aim higher. Go higher. In my opinion, if you're really doing this full-time, there is no cap. You make as much money you can with the time given to you. And it definitely, in my opinion, needs to be above $100,000 because I hear that everywhere in all groups and all YouTube videos making $100,000. That's an easy number to remember. That's a buzzword on YouTube videos, but it needs to be more, guys. It simply does. Six-figure, dude. I'm a six-figure bonanza seller the first of its kind i'm basically an alien from outer space uh but i mean hey i do think there is room for lots of success in reselling but i think the biggest wins are going to come from categories where people are doing things different i just yeah i've said it so many times this past year the upside for innovation and reselling is astronomical and we all still choose to go scan books we all choose to just do the same thing oh my god drives me nuts, even in man. my amazon business i'm doing something a little slightly different than most amazon people the majority of them honestly it does i don't care if you're on ebay you're on etsy you're on amazon you're somewhere do something slightly differently but copy a model that has proven success within those differentials so be a little bit different but follow a pathway that does work within those differences you've decided to do in your business. I'm still doing a traditional bolt game Amazon business, but I'm doing it a slightly different way. I say it all the time. We're we're playing the same game, but I'm playing it a different way yeah. than any other media seller out there. Um, I'm doing things nobody else is doing, and that's why I make a lot of my money because I'm not just doing the cut paste copy paste thing yeah you can make money doing that but there's different paths for everybody and uh leveraging these different ideas you have trying out different things or i think you know with reselling i think there needs to be more passion in what you're reselling and that's coming from somebody who could care less about reading books um i want passion in what you're doing because that's going to motivate you that's going to interest you you know if you're really excited about shoes you're a sneakerhead then, then resell shoes, right? Don't don't resell vintage t-shirts if it don't interest you. Don't resell, you know, coach bags if it don't interest you. I think what happens here is a lot of us, I guess it kind of goes back to the everything seller, right? Like that's another downfall of the everything seller. And I can admit to it, when I used to sell everything, like I didn't feel like listing 
you know, a toaster oven from the Goodwill yeah. that I could get. Buying the toaster, a lot of fun. Selling the toaster, not a lot of fun. That's what I'm saying. And and I think that's a trap that everybody starts out in is, okay, I'm going to go buy everything I can make five, 10 bucks on. And then you get home and you're like, I don't feel like listing these Dansko shoes, right? Like I'm never going to sell another Dansko pair of shoes in my life. But it's life. so cool that you bought them, but yeah, not so look, cool to sell them. eBay said I would make, you know, $20 if I sold them. I think a lot of people kind of get into that trap and you lose your passion for reselling. And I do think there is this uh, excitement about going out and finding stuff. I think for me, it's kind of changed over the years. I went from excitement to finding stuff that I'm excited about the money I make um, in my business, right? So it's not like I'm out at a, at, a, at a bookstore and I'm scanning and I'm like super excited about looking at the books and seeing what they have. I'm excited the fact that I'm in a in a thrift store spending a dollar and some of these items I'm going to profit $50 on. I guess the monetary excitement affects me more than to treasure hunt, but a lot of people starting out or that are kind of stuck in that middle path, it's just it, the excitement of going out and sourcing. And, and really, that's that's kind of where it ends because I used to be that person. I'm like, dude, I would sell all kinds of stuff, man. Toaster ovens, VCRs, shoes, shirts, pants, everything under the sun and it was some of that stuff dude i buy it i'd get yeah, home church lady hats and oh. dress shoes cowboy boots i hated oh, listing that stuff man because it didn't excite me i remember Even, having to buy a mannequin head for the hats i i just i think a lot of people get caught up with that a lot of people buy stuff when they get home and they realize hey okay cool it said i would make 20 bucks but now i actually got to list it and take photos and do a listing like yeah it's it's it, i think that's a hole that a lot of people fall into and a lot of people will continue to fall into that because the ebay death piles right i mean death pile shouldn't even be a thing you have a queue pile right any big seller that does volume has queues right okay we have x amount queued up for this week that's not a death pile death piles are everywhere in ebay businesses and I'll tell you what, it drives me nuts, and I see it all the time. Welcome Photo back. Photo Listing queue. Hey, welcome back to my eBay YouTube video. Here's my huge garage or basement full of junk I don't have listed. Like, yeah. why are we outsourcing? Why are we even making YouTube videos? And <laughs> we got probably 5, 10, even upwards of that in profits sitting there behind us. It's crazy to me. The the overbuying, that's again, we're talking about the new guys. They're trying new things, right? But the new guys also fall and it's not even the new guys. That's I'm gonna everybody. Say the first three years, you're going to have that overbuying habit unless somebody swats you around your nose with a newspaper and goes, No. Um, and I see that to a lot of people that come in text group, especially, they're just overbuying. Um, and that, and again, I think that's the reason why they come into that group because they're not making a lot of money because they're not listing what they're buying. And once they change that to list what you buy, oh, look at that. We start making money. Imagine that. I think uh, to wrap this call up here, consistency with proven processes that work. If you're going to do something somebody else has done, and this is exactly how you can get to 10K a month, 15K a year, 20k a year whatever your goals are if you're going to copy a business model do it the right way and be consistent within those steps across the board you can't be consistent with sourcing and lackadaisical with listing 
you have to be 100% across the board with everything. And I do think there is a lot of upside in 2024. But I just think, unfortunately, a lot of people reselling 2024 will kind of be the year. And uh, listen, I'm going to throw another hot take out there before we wrap this one up. A lot of you little part-timers, hobby sellers, y'all ain't paying your taxes. That 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 uh, guillotine hasn't even fallen yet, Johnny. And I'm telling you right now, I, I've been saying it on everybody out there that's like, oh, the taxes, the taxes, the government just wants your money. Guess what? That's the way the universe works. And if you haven't been paying them to this point, when that guillotine falls, personally, bring it on because I pay taxes whether I hit the stupid threshold, whether it's a dollar threshold, 200, 5,000, 10,000, 100,000, you pay your taxes. And I've paid mine over the past years regardless if I hit those thresholds. That's another guillotine that's waiting around the corner. And I hope it comes sooner than later. So I think there is a lot of upside in reselling in 2024. And I think there is opportunities to think outside the box. Um, I'll just throw a crazy one out there, right? I thought about it all the time. Just sell the dust jackets. Just sell yeah. dust jackets of books. That's it, right? Um, give me a crazy idea. Like, give me give me a crazy reselling idea that has a chance of possibly working that nobody else is doing. Um, dust jacket one is really good. I uh, like the safe one you had with the books. Oh yeah, yeah, the the, the Etsy crafter stuff. Yeah, the the book safes are pretty cool, especially if you make them decorative. You know what? I'm gonna say it because I've been dealing with a customer, and uh, you've seen his pictures in in the Discord there. Damaged books, selling damaged books that are beyond repair, have highlighting, underlining, decorative books is what we're going to call them because they're meant for be decoration. Uh, the gentleman I mentioned, I'm not going to mention his name because he may not want me to. Uh, he's just buying damaged books. He doesn't care about the inside of the books, uh, especially if it's got ripped off spine or um, tears or gashes or water damage. It's for the aesthetic reasons. It looks cool when you make a whole bookcase out of this worn, nasty stuff. It looks great for movie sets and people that stage homes. But he's doing this for a personal art project in his home. And it, I, he showed photos of it in our Discord the other day. It actually looks pretty snazzy. He's not done with it. He's still got a lot more books to buy. But there's a market for that, obviously. Hey, I've seen photos of people. Uh, Deb showed me one of somebody that had a Christmas tree. And it was all made out of books. Oh, yeah. Is- my my uh my volunteer showed me that. Like, you want to do this in the bookstore? I'm not gonna do it. You're the volunteer. If you want to do that, go for it. But imagine somebody out there that sells little book Christmas trees, yeah. and that's all they do, right? You're gonna make there's nobody doing it, right? It's the same with like I've even seen like coffee tables where the legs are books, right? End tables where the, the legs are books. There's so much innovation in the world, just like I'm going to be the next tech in sports and sell used or a lamp. I, I would actually, I would might actually buy that if it was like a lamp and then you had a light bulb on top and even the lampshades are made of dust jackets or something. So much. And we just came up with all these great ideas that nobody's ever going to try. Right. Because reselling is just, everybody wants to go out and find, you know, the thousand dollar item that, you know, somebody famous on YouTube sold. Uh, I do think there is a lot of innovation. I do think there's a lot of success to be had in 2024 personally for me, for you. And uh, new people starting, people that have been doing it for a while, maybe make a change. And I do think there'll be a lot of failures with anything, right? And don't just assume that it's a new year and things are magically going to be different just because it's a new year. If you don't change yourself, I made 10% less and I'm making no changes. Things are going to get better. 
Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, but that's dude, that's the that's the thought of it. And what happens here is we get nine months through 2024, and all of a sudden 2024 is a, a replication of 2023, right? Where well, this was one of those years people didn't have money to spend. Uh, and it's like this same excuse we roll over and over. You got to make a change. And I do think there's a lot of upside in reselling still. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. Get a little bit smarter, work on your processes, and just refine your business overall. So we appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you in next week's episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.